work, kids, and uh, such a joy. And, and yeah, they sing it uh, when they're here on Wednesday nights. But if you would even just look through the book that these kids are going through and the amount of scripture that so many of them are working hard week in and week out to memorize, uh, you would be, I think, quite impressed with the work that they do. And, and our hope is that this is one of the first verses they learn, John 3.16. And even the youngest ones, many of them can just, you say John 3.16, and they can just recite it from memory. And such a joy to hear uh, young kids having access, even from, from, from a tiny little age, having access to the Word of God, memorizing it. And we play, pray not just memorizing it, but learning what it means and believing it that they might grow up and teach it to others, right? So uh, thank you to all who work in Awana week in and week out. Chris and Tina Stauffer do a ton of work as the co-commanders of that. We're very thankful for them and all those that volunteer on Wednesday night. So thank you, kids. Excellent work uh, singing for us this morning. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to look at God's Word together this morning. We do this every time we gather and uh, we're in week four of a five-week series uh, that we're calling the Five Solas because what we're doing in these five weeks is we are looking at some core truths that were kind of clouded over for a number of years but then thankfully recovered about 500 years ago during the time that we now refer to as the Protestant Reformation, which began 500 years ago this month. And we're so thankful that these core truths... The, the fact that we can be saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to the authority of Scripture alone, and for the glory of God alone. That these truths that had been kind of clouded over and hidden from people for so long were recovered, and now we get to proclaim those freely week in and week out, day in and day out. The reason that those things for so much time, the, the truth of the fact that we can be saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. The reason that people weren't hearing that is because people didn't have access to the Scriptures. They didn't have, for, for the most part, an average person would not have a copy of the Bible in a language that they could read or understand. And if the Word of God is only held by a few people, those people can often teach whatever they want without being checked. And that was happening in a lot of different ways. And Scripture alone was not taught as the ultimate authority, but today we're going to see that it ought to be as we look at a passage from 2 Timothy. So throughout this series, we have been uh, looking at uh, either 1 or 2 Timothy or Ephesians, and the things that those books have in common is that Paul is writing all of those books, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul is writing these books. 1 and 2 Timothy are Paul's letters to Timothy, and Timothy was pastoring some people in Ephesus. The book of Ephesians that we looked at for a couple weeks is Paul writing directly to the people in Ephesus that are believers there. So we're kinda, there's something a little bit in common with each of these passages that we're looking at. But today, we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3, 14-17. And just a little bit of context for this book, 2 Timothy. Paul is writing this to Timothy and encouraging over and over again, Timothy, listen, you are being surrounded by false teaching, and people all around you are believing all sorts of lies, but you, Timothy, you, ever since you were young, you have had the advantage. He didn't go to Awana, but something like it. Ever since you were young, you have been taught the Scriptures, Timothy. 
You have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not let go of that. Hold on to that and keep proclaiming it. And I know you're going to suffer for it. But keep at it, Timothy. And that's his message. And so the big idea that we're going to see in the passage today is this. Because Scripture is breathed out by God, we must continue to learn, believe, and teach Scripture so that people will be saved, matured, and equipped. That's a heavy, that's a long sentence. I'm trying to summarize what we see here in 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. Hopefully that's what you walk away with by the end of our time together today. Scripture, the Bible, is breathed out by God. And because it is, we must continue to learn, believe, and teach it so that people will be saved, matured, and equipped. And so if you have a Bible with you, we invite you to turn to 2 Timothy 3. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, um, we would love to get you one. And so let somebody know, and we'll figure out a way to get you a Bible. But if you have one, open up to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to put it up on the screen as well. And if you're able to, please stand as we read God's Word this morning. Just four verses from 2 Timothy 3. Let's pray first. Father, earlier we sang a prayer, and that is just what I would pray again now, that you would come and awaken our hearts and illumine our minds and magnify Jesus Christ as we have this great privilege. Oh, God, help us to see what a privilege this is, that we're standing here together and we get to hear your word. Help the the privilege that that is to sink into us. And I pray that we would value it more than we do now by the end of this service, that we would desire to learn it and to believe it and to teach it to others. Because it's our desire and it's your desire that people would be saved and that people would be matured and that people would be equipped. And all of it's going to come from your word. And so help us to get more grounded in it starting today. In Jesus' name, amen. So 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17, God's word says this. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. This is God's word. You can be seated. So we're going to walk through this. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories from history as we go through this as well, and then we're going to spend some time doing some application at the end. So first, let's go through it, make sure we understand it. Here's the first point, verses 14 to 15a, keep learning and believing Scripture. Paul, remember, is writing to Timothy. And so we want to hear what was Paul, what was the Holy Spirit inspiring Paul, breathing out through Paul's pen to write to Timothy. And here's what it was. Keep learning and believing Scripture. He starts out by saying, but as for you. Remember I told you that the context of this letter is all around Timothy and Ephesus, even within the church, there's a lot of false teaching happening. A lot of things that are being taught as authoritative that are not at all true. And so, 
Paul writes to Timothy and says, it's going to be different with you, right, Timothy? Here's what all the rest of them are doing. But as for you, Timothy, I don't want you to get caught up in this stuff that everybody else is getting caught up in. And so how are you going to keep yourself from getting caught up in the false teaching that exists all around you? It's not too far different from the world we live in today, right? False teaching is readily available all around us. How are we, but as for you, church, but as for you, Timothy, here's what he says. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. Okay? Now, the what is probably the, the core of the gospel, which Paul has referred to many times already in this letter. And he's saying to Timothy, continue in what you have learned and believed and have firmly believed, he even says. And he says, knowing from whom you learned it. Earlier in the letter, Paul reminded Timothy, hey, these truths that you need to learn, remember you learned them first from your grandma and then from your mom? Like your gra- you, had, you had two generations teaching you the truth of the gospel. What a gift. Right? And some of us, this is the case for you. Many of you here, isn't it? That you have had a couple of generations of people teaching you the truth of the gospel. Some of you come from a family like that. Timothy did, and Paul reminds him, remembering from whom you learned it. And not only his grandma and his mom, but also Paul. He would put himself in that. Paul had spent some time teaching Timothy. Read about that in the verses right before these verses here. Knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writing. So the content of their teaching, grandma, mom, Paul, they're all teaching Timothy. And what they're teaching Timothy is the truth of the gospel that's coming from what it says here in, in our translation, the ESV, it says uh, the sacred writings. Other translations that you might have might say sacred scriptures or holy scriptures. Okay, Writings was another word for scripture. Okay, So the word of God. And so from childhood, Timothy has had this great advantage that not many people have. And Timothy, from from his childhood, has been taught the Word of God. Remember, from whom you've learned it, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Now, there were, there were people in, in history that have been like Timothy who have had this great advantage of having the Word of God clearly taught to them generation after generation. But it wouldn't be too long after Timothy's time where things would change and not for the better. That, that not too many years down the road, it would come to be that only a few people would have access to the Scriptures in a language that they could understand. The majority of people, even those that would consider themselves to be Christians, did not have access to the Word of God. And there were people that would be raised up in different periods of history that would say, hold on, that's not right. The people of God should be able to read and hear the Word of God. Right? And so that's what, that's what people, uh, a few people would think. And so uh, I'm not going to tell the story, but one of those guys was a guy named John Wycliffe. Uh, Maybe you've heard of like Wycliffe Bible translators. Great story to read about John Wycliffe in the 1300s. He's so this is like you know 1300 or 1200 years after Timothy, saying, "Hold on, there's something wrong. People can't read the Bible, and when people can't read the Bible, they get taught all sorts of lies, and they don't know that they're lies. 
There's something wrong with that, right? And, and one of the people that was influenced strongly by Wycliffe was a guy named, jo- well, in English we say John Huss. Uh, they would have said Jan Hus, okay? So John Huss, this guy in the 1400s after Wycliffe, began to read Scripture on his own and thought it was tragic that people didn't get to read the Bible in their own language. Now, just a quick note, um, John Huss or Jan Hus uh, was from Prague. Uh, and so we have a, one of the clocks over there that tells you what time it is in Prague right now because uh, Mindy Tarleton and Rich Turcha and their families, who we are global missions partners with, that's where they're at. So this is the same place that they're at just about 700 years ago or so, Okay. And Jan Hus believed this. He believed that people should be able to read the Bible in their own language. Okay? That's what he believed. And he taught things like Christ is the head of the church. We sang that earlier because it came right out of Colossians 1. Who's the head of the church? Not your pastor, thanks be to God. Right? The head of the church is not the elders. The head of the church is not the church. The head of the church is Jesus. And John Huss would teach people, which was controversial certainly at the time, that the Pope is not the head of the church, Jesus is the head of the church. That got him in trouble, along with saying that people should be able to read the Bible in their own language. He also taught this, that if the church was teaching one thing and Scripture was teaching something different, Scripture was right and the church was wrong. That'll get him in trouble too, right? If if the church is teaching one thing and Scripture is teaching another thing, it's Scripture that's right and the church is wrong. Okay? And so, where did that get him? Well, that got him arrested. That got him put in prison. And that got him sentenced to be burned at the stake in the year 1415, 602 years ago. He so believed that, that the Word of God should be put in the hands of the people of God, that he was willing to die. And when he was given a chance to recant, as he's tied to the stake, flames are about to be set. He was given a chance to recant, and instead of recanting, he prayed for those who were about to do this, and he started reciting the Psalms from memory. Love guys like that. Let me tell you one more story of a guy who would come Uh, sometime after him, and this is a man by the name of William Tyndale. Some of your Bible translations are put out by Tyndale publishers. They used his name on purpose because William Tyndale studied the Greek New Testament. Wycliffe had tried to translate into English uh, from not the original language because he didn't have that available. He couldn't study that, and so Tyndale later decided, now this is about 100 years after John Huss that Tyndale decided that we should, because he knew, so this is my uh, Greek New Testament right here, okay? He knew and studied Greek, and he started reading the New Testament in Greek because the original writers of the New Testament wrote it in Greek. And as he would study it, he was like, hold on. The stuff that I'm reading here in the Word of God is very different from what I'm hearing in the church. And so I want to study this well enough that I can translate this into English. And so William Tyndale did that, studied Greek, uh, and, and this guy, I mean, just brilliant. So he's in his 20s and early 30s when he translates the whole New Testament into English. His English translation of the Bible was not celebrated by most people. In fact, it was banned. 
People would get in trouble if they printed copies of the New Testament in English and distributed that to other people. And Tyndale himself, at the age of 42, in October of 1536, was also tied to a stake, strangled and consumed in flames, because he believed that the Word of God ought to be put into the hands of the people of God in a language that they could understand, so that they could hear the truth, that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And that was not being taught, and he was willing to give his life in order that that might happen. And so I read stories of guys like that, and there are others as well. And you might say, well, why do you tell me that story? That's a little bit gruesome even to share. And I just want us to recognize that nearly 2,000 years ago when Timothy had access to the Scriptures, not in the same way that we do today, but he was being taught the truth from God's Word, how from childhood he had been taught and, and acquainted with the sacred writings. And, and we in our day have this same thing, this stack right in front of us. This is just, you know what this is? Maybe you can't see it from where you're at. It's a big stack, two stacks. These are just the Bibles I have in my office. I didn't even go to the church library. I didn't go to like the Bibles we give away. These are just the, the Bibles that I have in my office. I got the one that I was used, that I, I read when I was a little kid, from a little children's Bible. I've got some study Bibles. I've got all sorts of them. The one that I used when I was first a Christian, uh, got duct tape all over it because it was falling apart because I was just devouring the thing, right? All these Bibles, all these different translations. And we have such great access today. And we forget that there were long periods of time in which God's people didn't have access to the Word of God. But thinking about the fact that there were people who were willing to die so that we could have the Word of God in our own language, and then thinking of how little advantage we take of the fact that we have the Bible so easily accessible to us, more than likely you have a Bible, and like I said, if you don't, we'll get you one. You can download. It takes about two minutes to download the whole Bible onto your phone so you can have it with you wherever you go, right? Free access, easy access to the Bible. And so the reason that we are not continuing to learn and believe what is taught in the Scriptures is usually not because we don't have access to it. It's probably the, the challenge for us is that we have access to lots of stuff and we're so easily distracted. And we're so easily wooed in by, by soaking up our time with all sorts of other pursuits and not spending the time. We have the very Word of God written to us, and how little time do we spend actually studying it? We'll talk more about that in a bit. But I don't want to keep going in this passage, because here's what it says in verses 15 to 17. Keep teaching Scripture. Go ahead and look at verse 15. It already said, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings. Listen to what it says next. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Why is it so important for Timothy, the leader of the church in Ephesus, why is it so important for him to continue to learn and believe what has been taught to him from Scripture? Because it is what has been taught from Scripture that's able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The message of the gospel, hey, some of you, the way that you heard the gospel was you read the scriptures for yourself. And by the work of God's Spirit, your heart was made new and you saw this truth and you said, yes, 
and you put your faith in Jesus. For others of you, you were taught by someone else. But the person that was teaching you was teaching you from Scripture. If you heard the biblical gospel, the way that we hear that is from Scripture. It's Scripture that's able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ. I don't know where else you're going to hear that message if it's not finding its ground in Scripture. The way that we, be, we can be saved is by God's grace through faith alone in Christ alone. That message is taught in Scripture. It's the Scriptures that are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus. So we don't get saved by knowing the Scriptures. We're still saved through faith in Christ Jesus. But it's the Scriptures that point us to that truth, right? And we go on, verse 16. Verse 16 is great. Uh, kids in Awana, you've memorized this one, most of you. All Scripture. Okay, so at the time that Paul's writing the letter of 2 Timothy, much of the New Testament had been written, not all of it yet, but much of it had been written, and certainly all of the Old Testament had been written. He's referring to all of that as Scripture, saying all of it, and here's what he says about it, is breathed out by God. Okay, or God-breathed or inspired. That, that, that Scripture, and we could go other spots that would tell us more about how Scripture came to be, but here we're clearly told that Scripture is not just the opinions of some dead guys that you can take or leave based on how you're feeling about what they say, but that Scripture is the very Word of God, breathed out by God. That is why guys like Tyndale and John Huss would give their lives to get it in the hands of other people. Because they didn't believe this was just some words that some guys had put together who had long since died and their word got kind of mistranslated, all sorts of... They believed that Scripture is the very Word of God. And we believe that as well because it says that right here in 2 Timothy 3.16. Can you think about that for a second? Like the Word of God? If you've read in Genesis, you know that God created all things. How? By speaking words. Like Pluto wasn't there. And then God said a word and Pluto was there. Right? That, that this earth that orbits around the sun, which is just the right temperature and just the right distance and an orbit that has been the same ever since the... That all exists, that all happens, that all gets sustained because of the Word of God. Right? So we think about the powerful Word of God and, and then we think of this reality that we have available to us. That same God speaks words and they have been put in our language so that we can know that God and know what it is that He expects of us as those that He's created. Oh, what a gift. Scripture, this, breathed out by God. Such a gift. And because it is breathed out by God, now, we could spend a lot of time on these last couple of verses, but I want to get to some application, and this might be just another message some other time, but here's how that passage finishes. Because it's breathed out by God, it's profitable for teaching, and so the way that we do teaching in this church, our teaching comes from the Word of God. That's what we want to do, uh, that we're not going to just kind of share some opinions and viewpoints on things. We're going to share the Word of God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The way in which we mature in our faith in Jesus and are equipped to make disciples is through the Word of God. And so let's spend a little bit of time on some application. Scripture has ultimate authority because it is breathed out 
by God. Okay? We say, because of the fact that Scripture, because of the nature of Scripture, because it actually is and claims to be the very Word of God, we put that at a place that is above any other authority. Make sense? We don't have authority over Scripture. The church doesn't have authority over Scripture. Scripture alone is the ultimate authority. And so, here's how we say it in the Evangelical Free Church, and many other churches would say something similar, but many would not. Here's what we say about Scripture. This is good, better than I could say, uh, but it's not authoritative. This is just what some people put together, right? But I think helpful. We believe that God has spoken in the Scriptures, both Old and New Testament, through the words of human authors. As the verbally inspired Word of God, the Bible is without error in the original writings, the complete revelation of His will for salvation, and the ultimate authority by which every realm of human knowledge and endeavor should be judged. Therefore, it is to be believed in all that it teaches, obeyed in all that it requires, and trusted in all that it promises. I I love that short summary of what we believe about Scripture. It's not authoritative, right? But it tells us of the Scriptures that are authoritative, and here's why we find the Scriptures to have ultimate authority above all other things. So, here's what that means practically for us. Scripture has ultimate authority because it's breathed out by God. That means that the authoritative truth is not somewhere else out there. There's a lot of different truth claims, and especially in the last year, there's been all of this this talk about when you hear the news, you've got to somehow discern between real news and fake news. Right? We always have to have like this, this discernment kind of thing going on. And so when people make claims, they have people that are doing fact-checking. Because we don't know, like, is this guy telling me the truth? Is this authoritative truth? Like, does authoritative truth come from Fox News or CNN or Sean Hannity? Like, no! Those guys don't have authoritative truth. They're not speaking the Word of God. Does authoritative truth come from your pastor or our denomination or anything? No. I don't have authoritative truth. I can't say that here. What I'm saying, I can tell you without, beyond the shadow of a doubt, is true. I can't do that. But the authority, Scripture alone has an ultimate authority because it is breathed out by God. The authoritative truth is not somewhere else out there. And so we talk about during the Reformation, like was William Tyndale, did he get everything right? Did John Huss get everything right? Did Martin Luther, who we kind of credit with starting the Reformation, did he get everything right? No. He had some issues, right? Praise God for him, but he had some issues. You can read a lot of the stuff that he wrote. Some of the stuff, if you read the stuff that Martin Luther wrote about Jewish people, you would be rightly appalled by what he wrote. So he's not this hero that we say, well, whatever he said, that's what goes. No. Even brilliant people in church history, they don't have ultimate authority. Scripture alone has ultimate authority because Scripture alone is breathed out by God. Do other people speak truth? Do other people speak with authority? Yes. But Scripture alone is our ultimate authority. Also, it means this, 
the authoritative truth is not somewhere inside of us. We touched on this a few weeks ago. Man, I think we have to touch on it because of the way that people in our culture think of a number of things. But we can't and we won't find authoritative truth somewhere inside of us. This is the way a lot of people think. A lot of people just like to follow their heart in some way. Right? That, that somehow inside of us, there is this source of, of the divine and ultimate truth. And so, so, so yoga is this way to empty yourself of the outside world and to get into poses and ways of thinking that allow you to tap into what's in. Like, no, authoritative truth cannot be found inside of us. Authoritative, we, we as Christians, we kind of think that, man, if we're looking inside, stuff is going to get kind of messed up. We need an authoritative truth that's outside of us and over us that we submit to, not that we find somewhere inside of us. And so here's some application. The authoritative truth is the Word of God. Here's some final applications for us. We must teach Scripture. That's what we saw in these last couple of verses. It's useful, it's profitable for teaching and reproof and correction and training in righteousness that we might be equipped, uh, that we might be complete and equipped for every good work. So, here's, here's why we must teach Scripture. And I'm talking to all of us, okay? I know we've got some great Sunday school teachers in here. We've got some great Awana leaders, youth group leaders, people that are leading Bible studies, people that are leading life groups, people that are teaching, all that stuff. But I'm talking to all of us. Here's why we must teach Scripture. Because as we saw, and hopefully as we desire, we want people to be saved. And it's the Scriptures that are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So if we're not teaching Scripture, how do we expect people to hear the truth that they can be saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone? We find that most clearly in Scripture. And if we're teaching Scripture, we're going to get to that message. So we teach Scripture because we want to see people saved. In in God's Word, it tells us that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how are they to believe in one? How are they to call in in one of whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe unless they... Oh, man, I, I messed it all up. We go to Romans 10 and check it out for yourself. But at the end of Romans 10, it says this. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. We're saved by God's grace through faith alone in Christ alone. We're saved when we hear the Word of God, right? We hear the Word of God. That doesn't save us automatically, but it points us to the way in which we can be saved. We also must teach Scripture because we want people to mature and be equipped. We want people to mature and be equipped. This is, we, we need to grow up in our faith in Christ. We don't want to look back 10 years from now and say, yeah, I'm pretty much at the same spot I used to be. And how is it that we're going to grow in our faith in Christ? How is it that we're going to be equipped to make disciples of more people? Well, we have to be grounded in the Word of God in order to do that. Because we're made complete and equipped through the Word of God. So we must teach Scripture because we want people to mature and be equipped. Certainly parents, you ought to be doing this with children. We can do this with each other. And so let me close with this, with a couple of what-ifs. I wrote a couple of things down. In light of what Scripture is, the very nature of Scripture, being the very Word of God, what if this? What if we realized how silly it is to spend hours each day seeing what our friends are saying about themselves and their lives on social media 
when we have access to hear what God says about himself and about life in the Bible? What, what if that was the case? And what if we stopped listening to the news and complaining or listening to the guys who complain about the news and we just started listening to the good news that's found in the pages of Scripture? And what if we added up all the hours we give to sports or other entertainment, watching, practicing, reading about, talking about, and we even gave like three hours to watch a football game. What if we gave even half of that time, an hour and a half, to studying the Word of God? Would we benefit from that? Would others benefit from that? Would that be a good use of the time that we have? And many who are doing that and who, who could tell you yes, there is a work that God does in me and through me as I ground myself in the Word of God. And so I think, what if? What if we did that? Because here's the reality. Snapchat will not make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. But Scripture does. Jesus' calling is a devotional book written as though God is speaking directly to you, but Jesus' calling is not the inspired, inerrant, authoritative Word of God. The Bible is. And so, you might need to set that aside. I might set it aside forever. Um, But you might need to set that aside and spend more time in the actual Word of God, breathed out through human authors to build us up, that we might be saved and matured and equipped. So, may we as a church saturate ourselves with Scripture. May we continue to learn it, and believe it. May may we be the people who teach it to others so that they can hear the good news that salvation comes by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And may we use it to teach others so that together we grow to become a body of disciples equipped to make disciples for the glory of God. I don't, there's no other source that I can think of that say, well here, if you want to see people come to faith in Christ, you want to see growth in Christ take place, you want to be equipped to reach other people for Christ, then our answer has to be, then you've got to go to the Scriptures. Because they alone are breathed out by God and have ultimate authority. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you are a God who has spoken. And we don't have to rely on some wise sages to share with us something, but we have your words penned by human authors. And we have such access to it, access that that many people throughout history and many people even in the world today don't have, access that, that some people died in order to give us. And so God, forgive us for all of the trivial pursuits that we have for all of the excuses we give, for why it is that we're not spending time in your word. And God, give us a desire to know you by knowing your word more, that we would give ourselves to it, that we would ask others for help, help me to study the word, that we would do it together with one another, in our families, uh, with friends, just getting together around the word of God. And would you, through that which is happening through people's individual study of the Word, through what's being taught by parents in homes, through what's being taught in Awana and in Sunday school and in life groups and in the worship service, would you bring about salvation through faith in Christ as your Word is taught? 
would you bring about greater maturity and more equipping that we might reach more people for Jesus as we get more and more grounded, continuing in what we have learned and have firmly believed. Because we know that it's the scriptures that are able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ. Thank you that you have breathed that out. And thank you for the truths that come from it. In Jesus' name, amen.